All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. everybody how are you doing welcome to dropping the gloves with john and tim or we should say tim and john right tim i think we mix it up one time at time i'll go first you go first i think that's necessary especially just how important you are to this show and everybody knows it so i just want to apologize we didn't get a chance to film on monday because it was super bowl hangover tim it was real did you stay up late well, I didn't even drink. That's the thing. Oh, actually, I, I will correct myself. So it's funny. I watched the game with two priests, and this is not a joke. <laughs> this isn't the beginning <laughs> of a joke. And so they brought over these really heavy beers, and um, I tried them, and they were absolutely terrible, and I, and I couldn't drink them. So I don't know if that's what did it to me. but What kind of beers? It was like um, monks make it, like Trappist monks, I guess. <laughs> And they're really kind of boutique beers. And my priest at the church that I attend, he brought them. And he's like, this is the best. You're going to love it. You're going to love this stuff. And he poured me a glass and I took a swig. And you know how you try to be tough and you're like, you know, this is, you know. But I'm past that stage in my life where I'm not, I don't need to, I don't want to try to impress anybody. I was like, I don't like it. It's terrible. It's too much for me. So I just said, I'm not drinking it. And I took the beer and I poured in his cup like a little baby would. And I went on my way and I had my little light lager and I was happy. You know, the former me would have choked that down and just like tried to tough it out and been sick the rest of the game. But I just didn't, I just didn't want to. It's too, I'm not a thick beer anymore. Like I'll do a Guinness. That's the extent. It was too much. Did you, did you have some nice tailgating food too? Oh boy. My wife, she throws down. Like she is such a good cook. She made these, here's the, here's where my eyes were open. She went to the store and tried to buy chicken wings, but they were all sold out. And so she bought drumsticks. Ooh, It's changed my life because there's more meat. You get more bang for your buck and they're just as good. So, you know, the one thing about chicken wings is you eat it and it's just, it's over like that. And it's not a lot of meat. It's a lot of work and you have to eat uh, like, I'm not even kidding. 30 to 40 of them to get full. I have a, decent sized drumstick from an actual chicken i have like 10 or 12 of those and i'm good it was perfect it was great i'm happy for you what are you thinking you got <laughs> this little grin on your face <laughs> i'm just imagining you having to eat 40 chicken wings in order to feel full that's a lot john i 
love chicken wings. When I played in Buffalo, well, gosh, when I played in Minnesota, we went to Buffalo. Me and Derek Bugard had a chicken wing eating contest after one game in the locker room. And it was a sight to behold, me and Derek going head-to-head eating chicken wings. It was, it was something. Else. The coaches probably walked by the locker room. It's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> me and Boogie were just knuckles deep in hot sauce and blue cheese and just wings flying everywhere. It was great. Who won? <laughs> I did. Yeah. How many? Do you know? I think I'm like, mind you, we're on a time crunch, so we couldn't sit there for hours. But I think I put down 50 wings in like a half an hour. Wow. So... It was just, it was a show. And all the guys were just circling around us like, you guys are animals. They were probably disgusted. And so we just rolled ourselves onto the plane and just took a big nap. <laughs> away, away we went to Toronto or wherever we went. I don't know, but it was fun. That was the, that's the great thing about well, when I did play. You'd go to these cities and the food after the game was almost as exciting as the game itself. Like you'd go to Nashville, they had the best pizza. It was called Jets. We have it here in Michigan. So you, that would be great. You'd go to Columbus, they would have, um, Papa John's and you dip it in the butter sauce. You'd go to Montreal. They'd have the hot dogs. You'd go to uh, Philly. They'd always get the, the, the little subs, the ch- Philly cheese subs. And it was just fun. You know, you get a little taste of everywhere. Anyways. Fun. And uh, Tom Brady, number tw- number seven. How impressive is that? Honestly, it's amazing. I found myself rooting for him. I spent the last 20 years rooting against him. I found myself actively hoping he would win. And I was happy he won. He's won. He's been to five Super Bowls since he turned 37. So I think that's the number. It's just it's crazy. It's unbelievable that he keeps winning. It's, it's un- and well, listen, the defense won him that game. The yeah. defense was smothering. Patrick Mahomes, he would hike the ball. He would look up and he would have a guy in his face like immediately. So he didn't have a chance to kind of showcase his talent. But man, oh man, Tom Brady, everybody. It's, it's, you know what I thought was funny? After everything, he's accepting the award. He didn't even look happy. You know, he got the trophy. He was like, oh, cool. Thanks. You know, that's I've a, done this seven times. I sent out a tweet like that. It's like he, he wins Super Bowls like he's out running errands. He's just like, yeah, I got to stop by the bank. I got a new ring. Nice. Like, hopefully I can get to the post office before they close. It's just... It was so funny. And he was trying to answer this question. The guy's like, so, you know, where does this rank? He's like, I don't know. It's just another one. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm really happy for my teammates. <laughs> The whole thing, it was just like, just play it just like any other Super Bowl. It's just like yeah. any other Super Bowl. Like, ho-hum. Everybody else is crying and just, this is the best day of their life. And Tom's just like, all right, I'll see you guys at training camp. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to gotta get out of here. I got a thing I got to go to. <laughs> well, they're talking now about comparing him and Mookie Betts, both winning championships after leaving town, which is, it hurts as a Boston fan, but but the Bruins are doing really well right now. Um, I don't know if you've been even following. They they, they didn't play yesterday because of the postponement uh, with some quarantine stuff. But have you, have you seen how well Pasta's playing since he returned to the lineup? I have been keeping an eye on him because he is on my fantasy team, and he is absolutely on fire. Like, the, it is remarkable the amount of points. He, someone's going to hit 100 points this season. They have to because the the amount of goals being scored every game is crazy. And Pasta is just – he's on fire. The Bruins look good, Tim. They look really good. So he's got five goals and three assists in four games. McAvoy has 10 points in 11 games. It's really cool. I don't know where he's going to land when the smoke clears uh, among the, all the D-men for points and everything, but he's playing big minutes too. The Bruins are right now on top of the Eastern Division, despite playing two less games uh, in front of the team behind them. So 
they are looking good. I think they're surprising a lot of people. Everyone thought they were taking a big step back. We talked about it last week, but they just keep on winning, and I am enjoying it. Yeah, DeBrusque is playing well. Richie's playing well. All, like That was the big question mark coming into this season. How are the wingers going to fare? We knew they had the good first line. How is the secondary scoring going to hold up? And then how is the defense going to look after losing Krug, losing Chara? But gosh, early results are they're very promising for Boston because McAvoy's he's filled that void of Tory Krug. He really has. He he stepped into that role. He anchors the power play. He he looks like a natural number one D man. He really does. And Carlo, as much as I dump on him, he, he looks pretty solid out there. They they look strong. And everyone thought that was a murderer's <laughs> row that division. And Boston is they're having no trouble. They really aren't. Well, the opposite of a team that everyone thought was going to do well is Vancouver. And they've actually lost five straight games right now. Like the hockey Twitter is just every single night, just people complaining and and whining about this team losing. Uh, Quinn Hughes, I mean, not too long ago, like a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the McCarr versus Quinn Hughes. Who's the better defenseman? Quinn Hughes is minus 13 already. Even He does lead the team with 17 points, but it's just one goal, 16 assists. You look down the lineup, Brock Besser, minus six. JT Miller, minus six. Horvat, minus seven. Even Pedersen's minus three. They've lost five straight. In a shortened season, that's an absolutely devastating amount. Like, what do you think is these guys need to do to turn it around? Is, is it over for them already? Well, I don't think it's over. I, I think the, the luxury they have is they're in the North Division. There's only seven teams. So you only have to make it into the top four. So that's attainable when you have Ottawa. Really, all you have to do is beat out two teams, right? Because Ottawa's a lost cause. They just have to get on a hot streak. That, that's all they have to do. The one thing that's ruining my preseason prediction is their coaches on the hot seat. See, they have the talent. They have, you know, a good team. Will the, the president get a little shaky and try to, you know, stir things up? He knows they have a good team. He knows they can win. Will he fire that coach? just to try to shake up the room a little bit and try to get some momentum because we thought they had righted the ship when they played Ottawa. They crushed Ottawa. They won a couple games in a row. And it's like, okay, we're starting to feel good. And then they have just crashed down to earth where they, they just can't get anything going. They really can. Besser, Miller, Horvat, like you said, when your top guys aren't producing and they're letting in goals, you can't compete. So I don't know what's wrong with them. They have to maybe have a sit down. One thing that does affect these guys is a lack of practice time. I know people kind of scoff at that. It's like, oh, practice, whatever, you're professional. When you can't get on the ice, when you had a shortened season last year, when you had a truncated training camp this year, you don't have the time to get into, you know, get on the ice and, and really slow things down and work on defensive systems where you're supposed to be. It's hard, and especially when you have a young team like Vancouver does. And I know a lot of the guys played together last year, but you're still young. You make mistakes. You need to beat these things into these guys' heads and have the repetition so you don't have to think out there. And maybe that's what they're going through. They just need that practice time to kind of stay sharp, stay on top of things, because right now they look like a team without an identity. They look lost out there. With the amount of skill that they have, they should be, they should be competing for this division. Because right now, this isn't the Vancouver Canucks we saw last year. Tyler Myers said it. He's like, we, we expect to compete this year. You know, we expect to contend. And, and they're almost like the only team that they're better than is Ottawa. And that's not saying much. So I don't know. What do you think they have to do? Uh, I don't know if firing the coach is going to be the right position, but at some point you got to like look around the town in that room and say, Hey, you know what? We should be winning games and punches and we're not. Um, they are in a tough division. Like obviously Toronto is just running train right now. And it's funny because Boston and Toronto are the two top teams in the NHL right now, finally in different divisions, which I'm sure they're, they're pumped about. 
the tough thing for them is that Wayne Simmons is now going to miss six weeks. Did you see that with his wrist injury? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's too bad because he was having such a good comeback season. Already had five goals, had a couple of big fights that um, that energized his teammates and all that. And he broke his wrist blocking a shot, which is obviously just a perfect you know, fitting thing for him because that's the kind of game he plays. It's a huge bummer. I hope he doesn't end up missing all that time. Um, what do you think about that? I, I think it won't affect Toronto whatsoever. Uh, like, they've already weathered the injury bug. Thornton's been out. Robertson's been out. T- Dermott's been out. They lost their goalie to a an injury. So I just feel like unless they lose one of their big, big dogs, the Tavares, you know who they are, um, they'll be fine. Though Those guys are clicking on all cylinders. Their power play is unstoppable. Anderson's been playing well. They're getting contributions from everywhere. I feel like this team is built the right way where they have three, maybe four lines who can, you know, produce losing Simmons is obviously it's going to hurt a little bit, but I don't, I don't see them falling off at all. They're gosh, they are the class of that division. It it would be interesting to put them in another division to see how they stand up, put them in the Bruins division, see how they stand up against those teams because they're just running away with this division. Like it's them in Montreal. They're, they're a fun team to watch. They're the new NHL and it's very exciting. So I don't know. Wayne Simmons, I, I did like him there. You know, he, he brings some sandpaper. He's been in a couple fights, which is always exciting. And uh, I don't know, maybe this is good for him. Get a, get a couple weeks off and learn the system a little bit better and just be around the guys. And I don't know. It, it's, it's a tough one, but I, I don't think it'll make that much of an impact on the win-loss columns when it comes to that team. What about last night? Were you watching any of the Columbus game? Did you see what Torch did to this poor young kid? Well, it's funny that you mentioned he broke his wrist blocking a shot. I feel like if I'm Patrick Laine, I cut that video and I bring it into the office and I go, hey, Torch, do you want me doing this? Do you want me breaking my wrist? I'm a bona fide sniper and you want me getting in the lane? So for those of you who, who don't know the context, Torch, John Tortorella benched Patrick Laine. As, as sure as it was bound to happen, you know, grass is green, the water's blue. It, it was bound to happen. We, we talked about this when the trade happened. How long until Patrick Line, you know, gets benched? It happened sooner than I, and I thought it would. I thought Torts would give him a little bit more of a, of a leash, but four games in, Tim. Like, what, what were you thinking when you heard this? Did you just get a big smile on your face or what, like, what was going on in your head? It was more of a big eye roll, but it's like, of course he did. Like, we, it was almost like it was guaranteed to happen, right? And Line, we talked about this. He's not Torch's kind of player. Uh, we did think it would be a little bit longer. We thought, like, maybe a week or two of, of Line kind of playing playing well, trying to impress his new team, getting the lay of the land, Torch kind of feeling him out a little bit. But I think he played three and a half games before he hit the bench uh, for the final 29 minutes of, of that game. So they... I don't know. Line has got to be frustrated. Do you think this wakes him up or do you think this kind of starts another, another divisive uh, standoff here? I don't see him being the type of player who gets a wake up call. I feel like he, he knows the type of player he wants to be. He, he knows, you know, how he's going to succeed. If, if you watch why he got benched, it's because he was just being lazy on the defensive end. He he was trying to track his D man and his D man shifted to the center of the ice and line I still stayed wide. So if you watch the video, it looks really bad. He's obviously covering nobody. He feels like he has his D-man, but his D-man, like they do nowadays, they move around, they're, they're shifting spots, they're switching, they're diving down. 
he just wasn't keeping track of him. So it's just like he's covering nobody. And unfortunately, Carolina scored. It looks terrible. So Torts isn't going to have that. Like he said it in the post game interview. He said, I'm going to talk to Patty. We have to get this figured out. We'll be fine. But you have to play my way. We have to get this team on track. Cam Atkinson echoed that, that sentiment that Torts said. He's like, listen, Torts is going to play the guys who are playing his system. And if you're not, you're not going to play. There has to be a point. I feel like this is, this is Torts is his one fault. He's a great coach. He gets the most out of his players. But if, if you have players who are the caliber of Patrick Liney, you can't have the same expectations as a player of Cam Atkinson. So Atkinson is a good player. He, he's a bona fide star. Liney is on a different level. We, we saw at the game prior when he got fed a, a little pass in his spot. You know, Stamkos has made his living there. Ovechkin has made his living there. Line a wired it under the bar. Like, it's, it's a world-class shot, and that's what Patrick Line a does. So it's just, you know, what do you want from him? Do you want him to just waste his energy in the defensive zone? Sure. Maybe he can be a little more aware of where his defenseman is, but you can't expect this guy to be running all over the ice, playing like hardcore defense and then producing on the offensive end. You have to cheat somewhere as an offensive guy. And it pains me to say that, but I've played with guys who are exceptional offensive talents. Patrick Kane. I never expected Kaner to get into the lane. I never expected Kaner to be, you know, the best defensive forward out there. I want him to take chances. I want him to kind of shade on the side of offense because that's what he is. And I, I, don't, I don't see this marriage lasting long. I, I think it's going to fail. I just don't think Line A mentally is going to give in to Torts. I, I really don't. Do you think he will? Like, he seems like a pretty headstrong kid where he's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm a stud. I score goals. And he's got that little persona. I don't know. Where, like, how do you see this ending? I mean, yeah, but like when you say you don't think it's going to go well or last long, I think there's going to be another trade coming this year like, or what? Or off season? Yeah, off season. I, I don't see this, this lasting long. Uh, I, I, unless Torts leave, it's going to be one or the other. We, we, so we've seen this with Torts before, and he runs star players out of town. It's just his M.O. It's, it's Torts. I think Craig Button on TSN said it. It's Torts law. Either you play by his rule or you're gone. And we saw it with Dubois, and we're going to see it with Line. Liney's not going to get in the lane. He's not going to be, like, lasered focus on defense. It's just not his game. You know, Winnipeg, Maurice tried to get him to play defensively for three years in Winnipeg. And Maurice is a pretty hard, you know, he's a hard-ass coach. And you think Torts is going to do something different with him? It's just his way. So I think he needs to find a coach who, you know, lets him get away a little bit on the defensive end and just lets him go. And maybe, you know, you build that kind of relationship where it's like, you know, Patrick, we, we need you to just focus a little bit more. And you got to put him in positions to succeed. You can't, you know, make him start in defensive zone faceoffs. You put him on the power play, you put him in the offensive zone, and you just let him go. I, I just think you have to be realistic with a player like that. And that's not sliding line A, that's not sliding torch. It's just the reality of the situation. This kid's not going to play defense. He's not going to play defense at all. And you put Matthews on Columbus, it would be the same thing. Matthews is not going to play defense. But – Torts, he magnifies it. He benches him. If he doesn't bench Liney there, no one says a word about this. No one even goes, finds the film. No one does anything. Torts magnifies this, and he makes it way, way, way worse than it actually should be.
All right, I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret of how to get faster, how to get stronger, how to become a better hockey player. In the NHL, we put weights around our ankles. We, we go to the gym, we, we, we strap them on our ankles, we strap them on our legs. It's really cumbersome. It doesn't feel really good when you're skating, but it works. So my friends over at powerskater.com have come up with an unbelievable invention. They've basically taken the weights and they've made it easier. So if you want to take to your game to the next level, this is what you have to do. You, you buy these weights and they stay attached right to your skates. It's unbelievable. You work harder with every shift. You play with them in practice. When you take these weights off, you feel like you're getting shot out of a cannon. It's unbelievable. I, I, I've done this when I was a player and I wish I would have had these things because the things that I used were absolutely terrible. And if, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you go to powerskater.com. That's power, S-K, the number eight, R.com. And I promise you, I promise you, if you buy these things and they don't work, I'll give you your money back because they are that good. You try them for a week, you try them for a month, you take them off, you'll notice how easy it is to skate, how fast your feet move, how quick your steps get, how powerful your strides are. It is It revolutionized skating for me. And I, I'm slow. These things may be able to keep up. So go to powerskater.com. That's power, S-K-H-R.com. Use promo code Scott Allstar. You'll get $5 off. I should even be giving you money off. I should be just letting you go there and buy these things because they're that good. If you got a kid, they got little weights, you strap them to his feet. If you're bigger, you weigh more like me. They got heavier weights. They work. I promise you. So go check this out at powerskater.com. Use promo code Scott Allstar for $5 off. You'll thank me later because they'll make you better. They'll make your kids better. You guys will show up for training camp and you'll be like, what happened to this kid? He's like a stinking missile out there. Anyways, go check it out. Powerskater.com. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. Now, you want your quality short list fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. So uh, I want to change gears a little bit and talk about a big elephant in the room. Your guy. Jake Gardner, he's been your Norris candidate. He's been your he's been your your beacon of light in this dark hockey world. You sh- you say he's been, he is. He has been. Not like he has tense. He has been and he still is. But last week you dropped him in the drop in the gloves fantasy hockey world yes. and I just the people are waiting for a statement. I think the silence is deafening. I think it's time to come forward and and address this this issue. Well, the way fantasy hockey works is it's a points-driven league. 
So they, they don't look at the whole, you know, the whole player game. They don't look at the, the tertiary things that Jake Gardner does. If they did, Jake would be a number one draft pick. But the way that the points work out, they really put a high value on assists and goals, you know? And that's just not where Jake shines. Jake works on, on, the, on the outside of the game. He works on the mental game. He works in the locker room. He's a big locker room guy. So I felt like it was, it was good for me. It was good for the team to just let Jake uh, – I, I had to send him down. It's hard for me to say he did well. He got one assist. He got a couple of pluses. But it was time. I had to drop him. I had six defensemen on my roster at one point, and I couldn't dress him every game, and I needed to pick up a forward. And, um, you know, we left on good terms. It is what it is. Jake's still a good defenseman. I still think he's up for the Norris. But listen, when you, when you have a team as good as mine in my fantasy league where I am pacing the league and everybody else is just an afterthought, I need to, I need to keep, you know, I, I have a high accountability. And if you're not getting the points like I need you to get, I, I got to move on. Because, Tim, who's in first place in this league? I think you are. I am in first place by so much. I could lose the next two weeks outright and still be in first place it's absolutely embarrassing how much further ahead i am than everybody else so i just had to tinker with my roster a little bit it is what it is i'm going to move forward i'm sure i'll get jake at some point during the season but it, it was sad i like me some jake gardner I, I think he's a great defenseman he just he, he hasn't been putting up the points you know it is carolina is doing well they're winning he's playing well but his ice time has dropped a little bit there he's not getting the power play time like he used to last year so it was, uh, it was a sad thing to do, but I, who did I get? I had to get um, – I picked up another D, a forward. I think I got Jaden Schwartz from St. Louis, and he's been an absolute train wreck. So, anyways, I'm doing well in that league. I can't complain, but, yeah, it's sad to let Jake go. Anyways, let's go back to um, that Columbus-Carolina situation because they had an interesting situation happen in the game where Carolina was offside. And they challenged a play. Columbus threw the flag. I don't know what they do. The refs looked at it, and they let the goal stand, which was strange to me. But then what was even more strange is, so the goal happened right at the end of the period, and if you challenge a play and you're unsuccessful, you're, you're given a two-minute penalty. So after the period, the refs looked at it. They must have had another view. They come out, and they, they take the penalty off the board, but they don't take the goal off the board. It just... It was very strange to me. Did you see this? No. Yeah, it, it was a very strange thing, and it did affect the game because Columbus lost that game by one goal. And if, if you count that goal and then you give them a power play, it changes the whole dynamic of the game. So I don't know what the NHL reasoning is this. I know in the NFL you can protest games and you can kind of get the, the final result maybe changed. I don't think it's ever happened in history, but you can put in a formal protest. I don't know what happens here because – it was obviously offside. The Carolina player entered the zone and it was so obvious that it was offside that the linesman who made the, the initial call of, you know, it was a goal. They went into the locker room for the, the intermission and they came back out and they said, you know what? We messed up. We're going to take the penalty off the board. I think they should have taken the goal off the board. I think they should have said, you know what? We messed up. We're going to take that goal off the board. It was an obvious, obvious mistake by us. And it just comes back to like, what are we doing with this review? If we're not going to review it the right way and get these calls right, why are we even doing this? It stops the game. It slows everything down. 
and it just puts a halt to everything. And if you can't even get the call right, what are we doing? The players were frustrated by it. The guys in Carolina were like, yeah, well, you know, it was really offside, but, you know, we'll take it when we can get it. It's just it just gives your head a shake. Like why, how hard is it to get the call right when you're doing the replay? I don't know. It, it is a small thing, but it is annoying because I don't think there should be replay at all. I, I think it was, it was a big mistake to add it for goals. It was a big mistake to add it in the nineties when someone had their toe in the crease. I think it should be a human reaction. It should, you know, you should have human error involved in the game and you should move on. If there's a bad call, there's a bad call. It is what it is. Anytime you add this little video replay, it just adds another layer that someone can make a mistake or someone can scrutinize. And you don't need that. I think they should get rid of replay altogether. And this just further solidifies my, my arguments. So I don't know. I know you didn't see it, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, come on, man. Like you have six camera views. You have time. Just get it right. I don't know if he felt rushed. Obviously the fans weren't on him because there's no fans to cheer or to boo. So I don't know. It just seems like it was, it was a, and it happened to poor Columbus. They've been having a rough week. They really have. Tortorella just can't seem to get out from under that spotlight because after the game, he was just, you know, he didn't blow up, but he's like, what do you want me to do? It is what it is. It was a bad call. I'm not going to lose money over this and get fined for what I say, but the refs blew it. So and well, thing at the end of the season, if it comes down to points, Carolina and Columbus, they're fighting for a raw, a playoff spot there. If Carolina edges them by one point, you don't think people are going to be talking about that. It's crazy. So just to put a bow on the whole Columbus situation, we're talking about him a lot today. Uh, Dubois is set to um, debut for the Jets. What do you think about this? Like, is, is he going to be a stud for them? Or is he not? And wh- where do the Jets kind of stand having to wait so long for him to make his debut compared to Line A? Uh, I feel like the Jets just have to be cheering after what's transpired in Columbus already. Like they just got to be patting themselves on the back. Be like, good. We've won this trade already. How can you not? Like, the star player that you sent to Columbus is already having issues with the coach. He's already been benched. And your guy hasn't even played yet. Like, they have to be just ecstatic with the trade already. They have Dubois. We said it when the trade happened. They have the deadliest center iceman in the North Division. And how do you win championships? You win it down the middle. I think Winnipeg's going to be a dangerous team when Dubois gets on the ice and he gets comfortable with his teammates. And who knows, it might take a while for him to, you know, the, the quarantine's good for Dubois because he can learn the systems. He's not on the ice with the team, but he can still, you know, he, he's in contact with them. He's in the meetings. He's probably going to be on the first power play unit right away because he's, been, he's in those virtual meetings. So we'll see how it shakes out. I feel like he's going to succeed. He, he has to. Like, he's such a good player. I feel like Line A will figure it out where he scores and, you know, he, he's going to get his 30 goals. But the Winnipeg Jets, they're, they're going to – be looking pretty good at the end of this because line a he wasn't happy there he wasn't producing there was some some friction already and Dubois just wants to prove Columbus wrong he's got a chip on his shoulder he hated Tortorella he wants to go there and succeed and help Winnipeg you know win the cup so I uh I don't know do you think he's just gonna come out blazing and just light up the lamp I don't think he's that type of player where he's gonna put up a ton a ton of points and flashy points like line is but I do think he'll he'll fit in well there yeah, I think he will put up points. I mean, maybe not the, the 40, 50 goals like Line A could do, but I think he, he can be a point-per-game player in this league, and I also think he's going to do a lot of stuff on the intangible side. They might not show up on a stat sheet, but he's a big boy. He can throw the body around. He can kill penalties. He can play both sides of the ice. So I think I think he'll do well. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be benched in the first week, so he's got that <laughs> going for him too. 
Um, but I, I do hope he does well. And, and I do think Winnipeg's probably like, yeah, glad, so glad we rid ourselves of that mess. Yeah, it is interesting how we talk about the North Division so often. It, it just seems like the only two teams that have it figured out are Montreal and Toronto. And everybody else, they're just slowly trying to figure out what's wrong. We need to fix it. We, we got to get this you know ship righted because – other than those two teams, the other five are – I shouldn't say the other five because Ottawa knows what Ottawa is now. They're not going to win. They've won two games. They just get blown out every game. It was funny. I saw a headline. They played Edmonton last night. They lost 3-1, to one, but it was good because they didn't get blown out. They're like, Ottawa, show some grit. We almost won. It's like when you're feeling good about a 3-1 loss, that's when you know you're, you're on a really, really bad team. And I, I want to touch on this maybe in another show. Will they go down as the worst team of all time? <laughs> like, will they get double-digit wins in only a 56-game schedule? I don't think they will. If, if you average it out, they played 15, 16 games. They have two wins. So that averages out to, like, seven wins. How pathetic is that if you can't even touch double-digit wins? But I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's been worse teams, but they are just – they're at a historically bad rate to date. But, um, yeah, just going back to Dubois, I think he'll be fine. He, he's too good of a player to not succeed. Um, going to a, another Northern division. Did you see this Kachuk? So it's not Brady. It's Matthew playing for Calgary. He, after the whistle blows, either playing Edmonton and he fires the puck in the net. And so Tim in Boston, when you were growing up, what would happen if, if someone fired the puck in the net after a whistle, Did, was that even an unwritten rule in Boston with, with you prep guys or, or what would yeah. happen? Well, I mean, the ref's going to do something right away. He's going to get in your face. The goalie's going to get in your face. And if there's a, a, a player on that team nearby, he's going to get in your face, too. It's just something you don't do. Um, as a kid, probably the ref's going to be more in your face than the other players. As you grow up, the players kind of police themselves a little bit more. So, yeah, it's unwritten rule, I think, universally in hockey, right? Yeah, I want to talk. We're having Marty Turco on the show this week. I want to ask him what he would do because I don't know why it's such a big deal. I, I really don't. It's one of those rules where it irks everybody, but it doesn't really, I don't know. I've never really understood it. It's like, oh, he shot the puck in the net. Whatever, let's move on. But guys get so fired up. Like, how dare you shoot the puck in my net after the whistle? I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, what's that? It's that's one of those rules where I'm like, all right, I don't get it. I've I've gone after guys who have done it to my team just because it's what you're supposed to do. I've never understood it. I've never ever like I I know on other unwritten rules where it's like, okay, I get it. I understand. It's like a it's it's an offense to the team or this and that like uh, this one i don't understand maybe the goalie's so mentally locked in you don't want to rattle him i don't know i want to ask turco about this be like why is this such a big deal why does everybody get their panties in a kerfuffle when someone does this it just doesn't make sense to me but anyway it just happened to be kachuk and then there was a big scrum and calgary was obviously losing because they can't figure out their game and he's just he's in the middle of it i like his game he score goals he's he's gritty he stirs up the pot it's great i think there should be should be more matthew kachucks in the league i think he's good for the game but uh, sadly enough there won't be they don't breed them like that anymore tim they're more like just players like you stay on the perimeter they don't get in get in the hard spots where you need to win games but okay anyways, okay i don't know i don't i don't want to go on and you know, i i feel bad we're gonna play well hopefully we're gonna be on the ice soon to me and you we just can't seem to put it together I know. Well, if we get a game, a group together, am I on your team or on the other, on the other team? Yeah, whatever you want. Do you want to win or you want to lose? That's the question <laughs> you have to ask yourself. I yeah. I hope together. I'd love to play in the same team with you. That'd be fun. 
That would be fun. That would be fun. Last one. So we heard some news about next year. You know, the last two seasons have obviously been strange. We have this, obviously, this stinking COVID virus. I'm sick of it. I want it to go away. The the NHL's adapted. I think they've done a pretty good job. This year we've seen teams being shut down left and right. There is a tentative start date for next year. Um, some guy from Sportsnet, Nick Alberga, well, I don't know who he is. He said the league is targeting October 13th as the start date. Does that mean they're trying to get an 82-game schedule in? I think so. What, what do you think of the feasibility of this? October 13th, a start date. Do you think it's doable, Tim? I think it is. I'm curious to know, like, if you're trying to get 82 games in, starting basically a few weeks later than they would normally start, do you think that means you have a little bit of a denser schedule? And would the NHLPA allow that? Or does this this kind of go a few weeks later into the summer? I think you do away with the all-star break. I I think you get rid of that. If if they're trying to maximize profit, um, you just get rid of it. I I don't think that brings in much money for the NHL. If anything, it might cost them a little bit with travel and anything because the players don't pay for travel. They don't pay for anything and you, they bring you all in and they bring your family in and everything. So um, maybe get rid of that and just have an extra week to the season. And who knows where the Olympics are going to land because that the Olympics are on for next year. So that's still a big unknown. Will the Olympics happen? If they are, you're looking at another two week break and that's, that's going to be tricky because what do you do with players during an Olympic break. You can't just expect them to go home and quarantine. They're going to want to get away. And who knows if the virus is even going to be around uh, October of next year. So, or uh, excuse me, October of this year. I'm sure it'll still be around. We'll see. It's, uh, it's ambitious because we obviously still haven't played out this season. We've seen the amount of teams that are already gone and they had to post, or I, I shouldn't say gone, that have already had COVID and they're postponing games left and right. This season will get extended. I can't imagine it not, you know, pushing a couple weeks back, but I don't know. I guess you got to set the date at some point. I think a more realistic target is maybe November, you know, just slowly trying to work that month back. This year we started in January. Maybe we started in November. And then hopefully the next year you push it back to the usual start date of September. But this stinking virus just puts a wrench in everything. So we'll see how it works out. I'm excited. If they can get 82 games in, that would be – That'd be a game changer. It's tough to really get get into a season if it's only 56 games. It's tough to – can you crown a champion without playing 82 games? I guess they've done it before with lockouts yeah. and this and that. But it's nice to have a full 82 games. It really is. The players like it. The fans like it. Everybody likes it. But with this stinking virus, it's it's changing everything, Tim. Well, I think it would be a huge win for the league if they can pull that off, basically only having one shortened season. I guess one and a half because you lost uh, maybe a dozen or so games at the end of last year. But c- coming back in 2021, starting off a full season would just be absolutely huge for them. So I think that'd be, I think it's a good target to set. We'll see you know, what the world looks like in October. But I think if, that's, if this rumor is true, then I think we do look at 82 games and hopefully a full season. Well, especially from a revenue standpoint, the more games you play, the better it is at that point, because you can hopefully will have fans in the stands recoup some of the losses because the players, they really don't like when they open up their paycheck every two weeks. Um, It's just, it just must be, you know, hard to look at, you know, you say that with a grain of salt because they're still getting hundreds of thousands of dollars compared to everybody else. But still, like if you sign a deal for, $1 $1 million, you're expecting you to check every two weeks for 50 grand. And that checks only for 23,000. You're like, what is happening? Like it, it just kind of, 
it stinks. It honestly does. You, you, you sign these big contracts, you expect to be paid big money. And when it's not coming, when you, when you're given 50, 60, 70% back, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. So I'm, I'm sure they would enjoy to kind of make a little more money. Who wouldn't? Because man, the league is just, they're going to be in trouble for the next few years. They still have to figure out the payback of all the money that they're losing right now with the escrow. And they're, they're going to go to battle with this at some point. Like it's, it has to come to a head. And the players, gosh, they're going to be in for a rude awakening when they, when they get that bill slid across the table to them from Gary Batman saying, hey, boys, this, this is what we owe. Like, let's, let's figure out a way to pay this. We're not going to keep pushing this back on the next year, the next year, the next year. The owners want that money. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. The more games, the better. But it's, uh, it's crazy. It honestly is strange where we are. But anyway, I don't want to get into it. It was a good episode, Tim. You got anything else, my friend? No, looking forward to interviewing Turco. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, former teammate of mine, we played for a cup of coffee in Chicago. Really good goalie in Dallas. One of the underrated guys, I think. So it'll be fun to see what he's up to. I heard he's got a beer. He, he, I don't know if he started the brewery or if he's just like the face of it or what the deal is there. But well, we'll, get a, we'll get a good talk with Marty Turco, and we will see everybody next time. Cheers, everybody. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks and see you next time.